Welcome to Experience the Truth. This is episode, Nick, I ask you every single time. It's like when I play, every time I play basketball, I only remember the score when it only counts, like within the last five to ten points. Then I, then I figure out what the score is. I can't remember what episode so that, we're on. So that's probably part of your problem then, because when I'm killing you in pickleball and you're like 15 to zero, uh, you, you, you don't ever want to know the score till it counts. It just never counts. Is that why you never remember whether you lost or not? Or First of all, we played one game, <laughs> <laughs> and it was not that bad. Uh, we will be playing at Staff Retreat, and I will be having a scorekeeper. I'll just have Pastor Anthony or something count for me. <laughs> I wouldn't trust him at all. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure we'll figure out someone. To, we'll figure out who the holiest uh, among us is, and we'll we'll make them count. So they're unbiased. It's, isn't it crazy though how pickleball has taken over the world? Oh my! Goodness. I mean, it's, it's so like, fun. It's like you could be young and old. Like what other sport other than maybe golf? And even golf doesn't capture the amount of people. I mean, men and women. Uh, from young to old, I mean, I, I think of another sport that has that captivated oh, the American society is like a pickleball. And I remember playing it in a, as a kid in a gym, mm -hmm. and it only lasted for that season of time in yeah. gym. But it is, it's crazy how it's taken the world. It's so fun to like get outside too. Like, and, and then plus when you add com it, it being competitive when we go with our friend group, I'm like, yeah. I don't want to be mediocre. I want to be the best. And so it's so like frustrating. So it makes you want to play more and more and more. And oh so is God, that why you so broke fun. your paddle and I beat you? <laughs> <laughs> I broke it separately. I broke it at a different time. Uh, but yeah, now I have to, I have to remain under control. Partly I broke it because I knew I needed to get a new one because I got just a Walmart busted one and it's just so <laughs> flimsy. And I was thinking, Oh, I'm going to play this one time and now I'm addicted. Yeah. So I, it's worth making the investment. So I partly broke it because I was mad. Another reason why is like, I just needed, I need to actually go and buy it. So if I break this, I'm going to oh, have to go and get one. It took you about three months to come up with that explanation for why not emotion at all. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm a, I'm emotional. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an emotive player. Uh, well, fortunately that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about experiencing the truth, but yeah. it is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I told. Well, this is the thing when people don't agree with what you agree with. I yes. think they think you're not human. And so some of the times I stopped when I was on a live because there were just people that were saying out of pocket stuff. I'm like, okay. And I get, you know, I tend to, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not always in the right either. I sometimes want to be condescending because you say something stupid. I'm going to say something All stupid right. back. I want to act like, bro, like you're going to get a stupid response if you're going to ask something stupid like that. And, uh, and I, I remember stopping. I'm like, okay, arguing is really not going to fix anything. And I remember picking up this mug. It's a Star Wars mug. And I'm like, hey, guys, let's take a break right now. You know, my name is Alex, and uh, I'm 23 years old. And, you know, one of my favorite things is Star Wars. My girlfriend actually got this for me in Alaska. And here's the Death Star. And uh, it says Alaska in Star Wars font. I just had to stop it. I'm like, you understand I'm a human, right? I don't just – this is not – only what I do like we can disagree but does anybody like Star Wars out there it's funny like you know I think people think sometimes we're just robotic or we're just trying to project lies not that we no we actually are real people and we believe this and it changed changed our lives but so I think it's necessary sometimes to talk about All right good old pickleball and yeah people are always are surprised on Tuesdays when I show emotion They're like you're a pastor like you can get like competitive Emotional. and yeah oh i don't get competitive at all oh yeah you're probably the most lax guy i know <laughs> uh so we're we gonna talk about the prophetic today i i think so i think so so what we were talking about this this all so every podcast you listen to has been from a conversation that we've already had or how it's like came up or questions that we sit together and we're like you know what are people what questions are they asking right like what are people, what are people wondering? What is, what is something that is keeping them from doing the work of ministry, uh, and, and really enacting in God's kingdom and moving and operating, uh, with the full power and presence of God. And, and so one of the things is a tricky thing and some weird for some, or maybe just think it's irrelevant is. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Uh, that like, 
I think we're in this era where I don't know that people would admit that they would think if you're a Christian would say that the Bible is irrelevant. I think there's yeah. a debate over the even the credibility of the Bible among Christians, which is sad. But there's always been this this uh, debate over things in the Bible and what is meant. And there's a group of people, uh, you know, when talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about the prophetic, there's the, there is a lot of... Uh, conflict or questions both ways over the prophetic. There's a group of people mm. who believe that the the gifts of the Spirit and the prophetic ended uh, with the early church, when the Bible, that dispensation, they call it, that period of time ended, um, that the prophetic was tied to the founding fathers of the church, and that, that it ended. And then there's a group of people um, who believe that there is no such proof or scripture or even argument that supports this idea that what happened in the New Testament church is no longer operating. And if and even if that were true, what where is the map that tells mm. us what's still operating in the church today and what's not operating? Like what things stopped working in the church today that were working and there's nothing in scripture that lead leads to that. In fact it's the complete opposite. And and uh, with the gifts of the Spirit, it starts out by saying, for the common good of the believer, that these gifts are for the common good of the church, mm. they're for the common good of everyone. So in order for us to have common good or health in our Christian life, we need an environment where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are working around us and mm. in our life. We God's plan for the church was for every single one of the gifts of the Spirit to be a daily activity in our life. Yeah. Imagine what the church or the world would look like if believers believed and operated in the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, even knew what they were or how they worked or mm -hmm. at least at some point operated in them. Imagine what that would look like. And, and, and there's been a lie, and the enemy doesn't want us. I believe it's a lie to say that those things stopped. Yeah. Well, why would God stop them if they were so beneficial to the early church? What would be his motive? What would be the, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to be a lawyer. The first thing you got to look at is motive. Mm -hmm. What would be the motive if it was so healthy and, and beneficial for the church then? Why would God say, you know what? I'm going to make it more difficult for them. Yeah. I'm going to take away those things that were helping those believers. I'm not yeah. going to give it to them. I'm going to make it. I just don't believe that's the God we serve. And the and the <laughs> there's a lot of things that now God has like shown me because partly I'm like God. I know all this stuff, not because I had a cognitive revelation and this is what I believe, which that's right. necessary. But the reason why I believe it is because I've experienced it. Like. Yeah. God showed me a lot of things at a young age and when I was being shaped and molded where I'm like, what the heck was that? It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. Like no one's ever taught me about that. And I experienced something that was real that I would be a fool. I always remember it. I'd be a fool to say that this God isn't real. And one of the things dealing with prophecy is actually the reason why I'm here today was because someone was obedient and spoke the words that God was speaking to me and went and affirmed it. Meaning that like I, when I went into ministry and I've already, I've already shared this before, but I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm a, I'm a 10th grader and I'm praying at the front. I'm praying in my head and like, uh, there's parts where I'm praying and I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. would you speak to me this and that? But then there was a thought that went across the back of my head, what I thought to be my conscience saying that you need to go into full-time ministry. And then I brushed it off and I said it was stupid. I'm like, no, that's from me. I'm trying to make something up because I want to be like everybody else. And then I had my youth pastor, not even two minutes later, come over and said, even the thing that I internally processed said that what you're thinking right now is not stupid. God is asking you to go into full-time ministry. And it wasn't the light bulb that went off. It was the revelation and the presence of God. I felt his spirit and presence and love that I'd never felt before. But it was because someone, he used a man to affirm his word in my life. What would you call that with what we're talking about today? Yeah, I think... Is that yeah, done with is that you see it throughout the old testament mm -hmm. and you see it in the new testament 
that mm-hmm. there are things God speaks to us in, yeah. and we'll either be obedient to it or we'll think that's just our mind, yeah. like like you did. You just thought your mind was telling you that. Although mm-hmm. you need to understand that when your spirit talks to you, he has to go through your soul. Yep. To get you to comprehend it. That's where your conscious self is. Uh-huh. You have the perfect self, the spirit. He speaks to your spirit. It comes to your conscious mind and soul. And when you when you when you begin to doubt it or question that, God will bring somebody that then prophesies and affirms yeah. what he's been speaking in your life. If if you think of the story of Saul and Samuel, um, you know, what the all of the gifts of the spirit. I think anything to deal with the Holy Spirit is scary for some people yeah it's why you if you go to a church and they don't even mention the holy spirit you have to ask yourself why am i at a church that doesn't mention one third of the godhead (laughs) and there's a lot of people that won't do it because there's even leaders spiritual leaders that are afraid to talk about the holy spirit they're afraid to open the door they've seen so much craziness around the holy spirit they just ignore god rather than the people who are crazy yeah. Uh, you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bath water, exactly. which is an old saying we would say. We've thrown the Holy Spirit out with the bath water. Hmm. We've thrown them out with the people who misuse and, and use uh, the Holy Spirit as credibility for their weirdness and their strangeness and for their own opinions. Yeah. The, the reality is that doesn't change the fact that the Holy Spirit's a very real person. Uh, in fact, Jesus said... It is better that I go so that the mm. Holy Spirit come and is with you. Wow. So Jesus himself said, it's better you're with the Holy Spirit than if I were here with you. Mm. That's an incredible thought to think about. We always think of the disciples had Jesus, so they had it better off. Jesus said, we're better off than the disciples were. So wow. I think when we recognize that the Holy Spirit is the one in us operating, greater is he in us than he that is in the world. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would rest on leaders, Mm. on picked individuals, selected individuals. Today, the Holy Spirit rests on anyone who will open up and ask. So with that, so when Jesus says, this is, uh, you know, what Jesus talks about when he was still alive, he goes, I will destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. And they're freaking out Mm -hmm. because they're like, how is he going to, what is he talking about? He's going to destroy the temple that it took this many years to build. And it's, you know, Mm -hmm. this, this huge, like, like that's a blood, like for them, blasphemous statement. What what was Jesus talking about? And I know, but I want you to explain it when he said he was going to destroy the temple and rebuild it. Well, he was, he was taking the temple away as the place where you come to meet with God and Mm -hmm. you were going through him. We're going to be the temple, right? That that the Holy Spirit would come. Now there's a debate like the Holy Spirit. When you say the Holy Spirit comes, we all have the Holy Spirit. When I get saved, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit brings is births the spirit inside of us. Yeah. But when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, it rests on you. Mm-hmm. It's a flame with your name, as yeah. Reinhard Bonnke used to say. It's a mm. flame with I your like name. That. And and when that Holy Spirit rests on you, mm-hmm. it opens the door to the gifts of the Spirit. Now, mm. speaking in tongues is not a gift. It's an evidence of the Spirit, yeah. totally different thing. So when you speak in tongues, you're speaking in a perfect language. But the nine gifts of the Spirit, the expectation was that if you're a believer, you would be walking in all of those gifts in your life. Yeah. And 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 I'm taking in like a 30,000-foot view, and I want to bring it down mm-hmm. now to one of those gifts, yep. and actually three of those gifts, and then to one of those gifts. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about is prophecy, but all nine are broken up into three categories of gifts yeah um but there's the gift of wisdom the gift of knowledge and the Mm -hmm. gift of prophecy and there's a lot of confusion between the two the gift of knowledge is when god gives you evident uh uh, information of something that has happened Hmm. that that person doesn't know so when um naaman came up to david and said gave him the illustration of the man who took the sheep of another man, and he says, you are that man, you know, he was, he was actually operating in the gift of knowledge, like David 
this is what happened. This is how you do it. There was a gift of knowledge. I know what took place. Mm-hmm. You don't think it, you know, but God is revealing this knowledge. Mm-hmm. And this has happened. So that's a gift of knowledge. Yeah. Something you were molested. This is, I've had counseling sessions where in the middle of the counseling session, um, I get this picture and I, I say, you know, I just got to share this with you. There was a girl with a red dress, white sash. And I described it in detail, and she's crying because she had just been sexually abused, and that's you. And she started weeping because that's exactly the picture she had in her mind of when she was sexually abused. Mm -hmm. And we're in a premarital counseling session. Had to be brought up in that moment because they're going to get married, and it was something that needed to be discussed in that Mm -hmm. moment. right? That's a gift of knowledge. How would I know that? With such a gift of wisdom is something in a situation that you need to do. So in this situation, how am I going to handle that? The Lord comes and gives you a gift of wisdom. He shows you how to handle something. He shows you how to respond to something. He He gives you wisdom beyond intelligence. Hmm. Um, it, it's, it's often just very simple. None of these are complicated. You have to keep in mind, God never makes any of it complicated. Yeah. He wants a man or a woman as dumb as a box of rocks <laughs> to be able to do it and to yeah. be able to keep this. So it's not complicated. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as the simplest person on earth. Yeah. And then what we're talking about is the gift of prophecy. Yeah. And, and all of those things can get le- 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 kind of lumped in with prophecy, and they're not prophecy. They're different giftings. The gift of prophecy really is emblematic of of speaking like Samuel to Saul when he said um, to Saul with great accuracy. Mm-hmm. Prophecy is is one, very accurate. It it is very accurate. In fact, um, there are so many people who say they're prof I got a prophecy for you. Yeah. And they're so vague in the prophecy. You know, you're a person of great potential. You're going to accomplish great things. You're going to take the mountain of, you know, whatever. You're going to change the world. That, that is not prophecy. Yeah. That's you thinking you're prophesying. There's no detail to it. Exactly. Prophecy is going to have quite a bit of detail. In fact, when Samuel told Saul, you're going to go back. Don't worry about uh, your last donkey, lost donkey or whatever it was he had lost. Go back. And he said, this is going to happen. There are going to be this. People are going to come down. There's going to be people bring you bread. There's gonna... He actually told them in detail, drew a picture of what will happen, so that when Saul went back, there would be no question hmm. of what he said and what was, that, hmm. what was going on, that it would be affirmed by what took place. So it was accurate. Saul, Samuel also put courage into Saul, and that's what prophecy does. It puts courage into yeah. you. Um, I think a lot of people think a prophetic word, especially today, is, is basically saying, you better do this, you yeah. better do that, and it's more demeaning and, and taking courage out of you. It's more putting you down. It's more attacking you. It's more calling you to an account, and it's yeah. this demanding type of word that's not God. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the no. world, that, but that the world might. So he, prophetic isn't there to condemn. It's no. there to encourage. Yeah. It's there to lift Well, even up. with Jonah, like there, there's multiple examples because people say, well, God is a hateful God, and it's only New Testament where he's yeah. not. And if, But I'm like, well, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and when Jonah was to deliver the word to the Assyrians— God had grace on people that weren't just the Israelites, but also on people outside the nation to the Assyrians. And Jonah said one statement because God told him to. He said, yet 40 days, uh, you'll be overthrown. And they all repented and fasted from the greatest to the least. And then God relented in his anger. Like it's all through. And then and then the, the reason why you see you read after that Jonah was pouting. Uh, because basically they weren't judged. And the reason why he ran away from the call of God that he had, God had spoken to Jonah was actually because he said, I knew you to be a God that's uh, steadfast in love, slow to anger, and, and full of grace. And that's the reason, not because he was afraid, because he didn't want them yeah. forgiven. And when you think it's, of it, the, the challenge is, is when mm-hmm. God releases a word to, to, his, to the people of Nineveh, to mm-hmm. his people, 
Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever referred to the people of Nineveh as God's people. Yeah. We only referred to the Israelites as crazy? God's people. And I think what it does in our mind, it makes us think that there's certain people that God just likes better. Yeah. God loves everyone. He longs for mercy. Yes. Yeah. But he loves everyone. Mm-hmm. He's not looking at the Ninevites differently than he was the Israelites. He chose to use the the the, the Israelites for a purpose. So interesting. But when a word comes, it mm-hmm. has to go through the filter of Jonah's mind. Mm-hmm. Had to go through the filter of Jonah's hurt. It had to go through the filter of Jonah's perspective. Hmm. Jonah viewed the Ninevites because they would come and they would probably, he, he, he may have had some family members that were killed by Ninevites. Hmm. So he would have been in some ways racist hmm. or had some prejudice toward the Ninevites hmm. um, and not wanted to do it, which would explain why he ran. I'm, I'm going to run away from doing what God was telling me, the word God's telling me to tell them, because I know that the word God's giving me for them is a word of mercy, and I yeah. don't want them to have mercy. Yeah. I want them just to kill them. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And and so when no, Jonah, I think when Jonah did show up, he showed up, but through the lens, the word God had given went through the filter of his own brain, the hurt of his own brain, the perspective of his own brain. And when it came out of his mouth, it came out as very judgmental. <laughs> so I think there are a lot of prophetic words that God gives mm. to people through another person. And... And that person that he uses has got to be careful that he's not allowing his own perspective of hurt to taint the word God has. You know, the biggest argument that people say and what God has recently, it was actually through, like weirdly through Jonah, he revealed it to me um, because the biggest question that you probably get all the time and I always hear is that, well, what about the Amazonian tribes? Yeah. I'm like, my God is big enough to reach them and he has the grace to reach them either by sending a missionary revealing by some crazy vision like Muslim, you know, a lot of Muslims come to faith by prophetic dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how like, I think we think prophecy is weird because we have our little God in our box and he can only do what we've ever seen before. But it's crazy when you think about like, God's really showed me the sovereignty and his power. And before that was something that I struggled with. And I'm like, well, yeah, God it, can send someone or speak a word. Or, but if eating food would be strange and uncomfortable if all you ever did was drink milk. Yeah. If all you did was suck on a nipple and yeah. that's all you did your whole <laughs> life, getting a fork and a I'm, knife to I'm eat seven food. Years old, <laughs> if, if all you had, if, if they put that in front of a baby, that's going to mm-hmm. be very uncomfortable. He doesn't know what a fork and a knife yeah. for. That's not how he eats. Yeah. Right. But we have so many Christians that go, I got saved, and that's mm-hmm. good, right? I go to church. I, there's no pursuit of the relationship. There's no. no, you know, in Mark chapter 10, it says that it talks about prophetic, the prophetic. Mm-hmm. And it talks, some things are received by rest, mm-hmm. like a child. A child receives it. And mm-hmm. it says, you receive the kingdom of God as a child. That's like an inheritance. There are things in the kingdom of God you just receive because of your identity. Hmm. But the very next chapter, Mark chapter 11, it says, but the kingdom of God suffers force or suffers violence and the kingdom of God is taken by force. There are things that then it's a different, it's a different mentality. There are things in this life that we receive. Our identity is one of them. We just receive theirs. There's unmerited favor we just receive. But in the kingdom of God, there are some things you take by force, hmm. right? And, and um, you know, God, God is he's obligated to do what his word says, but he's not obligated to fulfill your potential. Hmm. Someone write that down. <laughs> he's obligated to fill, fulfill what he's ordered, what his word says, his promises, but he's hmm. not obligated to fulfill your potential. Wow. And your, you know, when you get a pro- prophetic word from someone, that word is really intended to give you the confidence because we're very insecure mm-hmm. as people. We're very, we're a very insecure culture, just human beings in general. The most secure people you think you know 
if you really got to know them, you might find out they're not quite as secure as you thought they were, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot more insecurity in them. So when they get up, like Saul was very insecure. When Samuel gave them that very detailed prophetic word, it was to put courage into him for what he was about to do, hmm. of which there was no example for him. Israel hmm. didn't have a king before Saul. And, and now he's supposed to do it. It said that when they anointed him king, they had to go find him. He was in the luggage, hiding. You know, he had a word. That word was a testament that God was with him. Hmm. And prophetic words. So there, how many things in our life, and you're watching, how many things in your life have you felt like God's been speaking to you to do it? You just, you're just struggling with the courage to do it. Hmm. If someone came up to you that you either knew or didn't know, to give you a word of which they had no concept of. They, they knew nothing of what was going on. And then in accurate detail, they give you the word. And while they're speaking, you sense courage entering you because God's word produces. <clears throat> it's not described. It doesn't describe. It produces this courage in you. And then it comes to pass. Then in the details that they talked about come to pass. Hmm. Would you be more excited about what it was you're supposed to do? Would you be more sure that you aren't going on your own, that you're not just hearing this, you know, and that's what the enemy does, try to convince you, you're just, but you get someone else that comes along and they don't know. Absolutely, it would cause you to step into things that you've been hesitating to step into. And, and because the church is... is um, got an identity crisis when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A whole lot of the things that God has wanted to do in our city, in our country, in our nation, in our world, do not happen because people are not prophetically speaking as we need to be in order to see the taking of force in the kingdom of God. Hmm. We need the prophetic to return. And I'm not talking about the crazy stuff, but you know what? There is far more healthy prophetic ministry than there is unhealthy prophetic ministry. Yeah. Um, there are people who want to get their opinions across, and so they say, I got a word from the Lord for you because they want to get their opinion to you. you There's know? a difference between good and God. Yeah. And that's something that, like, because we think it's good, and so everybody thinks they're operating with that, like, oh, this just sounds good or it feels good. Right. And so then it has to be God. And so when we see, like, you know, especially with all the, the craziness with culture right now, I think a lot of people are operating in what they think and their rationale is good because they've never tasted what is God and the, the spirit that speaks, like, within us with, like, prophecy. Like, oh, wow, I really don't. It usually comes like, I really didn't want to say this. I really know what I need to do, but, like, yeah, it, that's usually how it, it how We're it living in a non-discipled yeah. church. Mm-hmm. We don't think we need it. We yeah. don't have time for discipleship. Like mm -hmm. I, we love to I'm say I got mentors, but mm -hmm. we we just want to think we got mentors. We don't actually want mentoring. Oh, yeah. Mentoring would challenge us to have to have to grow or to to, to and and yet if we would be mentored, we'd experience health like mm -hmm. uh, like we've never experienced. I mean, it's not. This isn't boring. This is life changing. It it brings yeah. incredible fulfillment in life. You know, I was thinking while you were talking of a story I heard of a guy who prophetically got up one time and said, Thus saith the Lord, I am with you as I was with Noah in the Red Sea. <laughs> <laughs> and then he stopped and came back and then he stopped. He goes, Thus saith the Lord. I made a mistake. <laughs> it was Moses in the Red Sea. Moses. Oh, that is not a true prophecy. That yeah. is not a real. God does it like God's old, mm -hmm. but he's not losing his mind. Yeah. He's not forgetting who it was that mm -hmm. was in the Red Sea. I think sometimes we we like we want to impress people almost with it. Mm -hmm. And that's prophecy has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Um, the times when I've had prophecy, and this just happened very strongly. I had this happen a few months ago. I was sitting in a worship service at a missions event, and there was a pastor and, their, and, and his spouse. And um, 
they were worshiping and I, I went I just happened to look over and see them and the Lord just kept repeating the same word to me over and over and over and over and over again and I knew it was from God I, it just I almost it almost made me shake a little bit because mm-hmm. I knew God and uh, and I wanted the worship to get done because I wanted to go over and get this off of me and and I went over and I said listen I while you were worshiping, this is what the Lord told me, and and then I just poured out everything the Lord told me, and of course it it hit a target because uh, mm-hmm. just joy, crying, it just everything that prophetic word does when a prophetic word comes, it when it hits the target, and it's real, it, that person's not sitting there going. Oh, yeah, mm, oh, sure, most of the time. Maybe that happens every once in a while, like a long once in a while. But when it hits the target, motions, emotions, everything begin to, because it's like they heard the Lord. It's like a realization, I heard the Lord, and now you've just affirmed it. And what you've just said has been, it wasn't you speaking, mm-hmm. but I heard the Lord come out of your mouth because when yeah. I my ears hear it, and Jesus said that, he that has ears, let them hear. When that word hit their ears, it produced mm-hmm. courage in them yeah. for what it was. And, and we have a courageless church because we don't, exercise the prophetic so how does someone get there so if someone's listening to this and that's the thing that i sometimes have trouble with being able to describe or actually create a not a system but like okay how do i how do you walk someone through that in learning the voice of god how do they get to that point where they're like this is what i'm supposed to be doing right now i'm supposed to say this so i think first you have to recognize god is looking for ears that will listen and and be obedient to what he's telling them to do Mm -hmm. stop worrying about uh how you will be seen by that person Hmm. i think our own pride of how that will they'll view if i'm wrong yeah you know that's what the enemy will do you're in a war Mm -hmm. it's taken by force so there's a war. There's going to be lies that are going to be lodged at you. So um, one of them is, what if you're wrong? Hmm. What if this isn't God? You know it's God. And quite frankly, you don't even want to go up and do it in your own flesh is even more proof that it's God. <laughs> because that like in your flesh is resisting it. So when peace, so this is the thing. So it's not peace. So people usually say like, well, I had just had peace about it. And that's when I went yeah, and did it. You've heard me say this before. Yeah. Whenever people say I had peace, that's how I knew it was God. Well, that's not proof of it being God. Mm-hmm. There's many times God's told me to do things. I had no peace about what it. What about Jesus it in was the garden? On, yeah, yeah, I was, I, exactly. You know, that's a perfect example. Sweat that and blood. <laughs> peace can be part of it, but yeah. it's not the end all. You know, if God told you to do something and you know it was God, but you don't have any peace, I mean, if God tells you to give twenty thousand dollars to a missions organization, you're probably not going to have too much peace. Hmm. But obedience moves forward regardless of peace. Courage. When God speaks you to do something, fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the obedience in hmm. spite of fear. Wow, that's It's good. moving forward in spite of fear. I don't hmm. need courage. If I don't have fear, I don't need courage. Hmm. Courage is because I have fear, I need courage. Yeah. It, it puts fear in a box and it says, yes, I recognize it's there, but that ain't going to stop me from doing what I'm going to do. Hmm. And the enemy wants to stop people from giving a prophetic word. He wants to you to a lot of times like... Uh, like for me, I'm an overthinker. Yeah. So a lot of times, uh, which you're going to struggle a lot with this. Yeah. You're just kind con- you like, there's things a lot of times, like, for example, here's a story that where this is something where it's felt really, this is, and even me saying this is only that you can just see the enemy in it. That's yeah. stupid. Like, no, I don't need to do that. Like, that's just, I don't want to make them uncomfortable. I'm, I'm taking you through the process, what was going through my head. I shouldn't say that because X, Y, Z. But I was at a gas station uh, and I, I went in and I, I got my, I, like I paid for my, my fuel and I left and I knew right when I saw him, I was supposed to tell him that God hasn't given up on him. 
And uh, for whatever reason, it was supposed to be that, that God hasn't given up on you. And uh, I looked at him and then I left. And for, I don't know why, I'm like, maybe this is just me being a good moral person that I just, like, I just came from a Bible study and I'm just so hopped up on the spirit. Like, and so I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm just being, I'm emotional right now. There's emotional, uh, like, you know, my, my brain is not operating like logical. And, and so then I, I went to my car and I, I sat there for a little bit because it was eating at me and I'm like, oh, I know what I should be doing. And I, I drove off, I turned around and then I, I pulled in again and then I, I literally could not shake it. I sat in line because there's a long line in the gas station and I told them, I'm like, bro, I know nothing about you, but God just told me to tell you that he hasn't given up on you. And I almost was, I was, and here's the second part of it. I was waiting to, to reap the harvest of what that was. Cause I'm like, cause he, there wasn't much that he was giving me other than that. He was, he was saying that, I guess he went to seminary. He was going to be a, um, work in the Catholic church or whatever. And now he's, um, not, he's divorced now. He's, he's, um, now working at a gas station, which nothing wrong with that, but like, um, obviously not, not where God wanted him. Yeah. Not where God wanted him. And he's, he's like older gentleman. So, uh, I, I'm almost waiting on, okay, now what do I get for that? I, I just was brave. And I said that now, do I reap the, the benefits of saying that? Is he going to give his life to Christ right here? Is he going to start going to my church? Is he, but that was it. Like there was nothing really much other than that. It just kind of was a dead conversation. He was like, Oh wow. And then yeah. I left. You know, what's interesting is when you get the gift of the Holy Spirit, we think, mm-hmm. oh, it's my gift. <laughs> it's for me. <laughs> no. No. It's a gift yeah. that God puts in your hands, and he says, give it away. Yeah. So if you say, God, I want to be a giver of gifts. Mm-hmm. I want to be a giver of gifts. I want to be able to give a gift of prophecy. Yeah. I want to give a gift of healing. I want to give a gift of wisdom. Hmm. The gift is what God puts in your hands to give someone. It's not for you. Hmm. The obedience. See, and this is the thing I think a lot of Christians have a problem with. They're looking for a reward from the person they give the gift to (laughs) rather than saying everything I need comes from him. I have no want. That's Mm -hmm. Psalms 23. I think David knew it when he says... I walk through the, or, or um, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I have no want. Hmm. Like, I, there's nothing you can give me that's going to satisfy me. Yeah. Whether you get saved or not isn't going to make, I'm going to be excited because your soul's saved. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But it's not sustaining me. Mm-hmm. What sustains me, I'm not getting discouraged over it. I'm not going to lose my faith over yeah. it. And, I'm going to rejoice with you and celebrate over it, but it's not going to destroy me because everything I need comes from him. So he's already given me all the gifts I need, Mm -hmm. but now he's giving me gifts for that person. So when you get a word, you have to, then that word you got to imagine is like a box in your hands and the creator of the universe just put something in there and said, I want to give this person that gift. Wow. And you walk out the door with it. Hmm. That person will not know because you walked out the door with that gift that God was thinking of him in that moment. And God knowing that person better than he knows himself could have just said it on there. God was having, could have been someone praying for that person and you were the answer of that prayer mm-hmm. for that person. So when you give a prophetic word, you're just giving them a gift yeah. that God yeah. has for them. And you want, and it's not often long that's the other thing that people have a problem with well i only got three words do you really think god has to use a lot of words and yeah just keep going it's like uh you feel like you got to define what it might have meant yeah you know like i gotta now i need to give you my my uh notes like in the bottom of your bible i gotta give you my study (laughs) notes for what yeah, the Lord really is saying, just so you like, it's not enough that God just said these words. Mm-hmm. I need to add to his words. Yeah. I think when you give a prophetic word, shut up after you're done with, it. you know, it's mm-hmm. not long. Most prophetic words are not long. Mm-hmm. Um, unless there's something you're describing in detail for them. 
Um, but they can be as, as much as, uh, I had a prophetic word that was simply this, you're a battle ax. Just that it, that was what kept coming back. You're a battle ax. And meant something to her. Mm. But it wasn't my gift. I'm not the one giving the gift. Mm-hmm. I'm, God put it in my hand. I'm just delivering so the gift. So when that to your brain, so when you're thinking that, like, and this is the way I could, like, for me, when I, when I think of it, the thing that I, where the enemy comes into play is because it seems so much like my conscience. Or like yeah. these... Like there's like this urge or this impression, and then I'm like, is well, this if it's got to come out of your mouth, it's got to go through your brain. Yeah. So it's it's we call it a conscience. Yeah. It's the the Holy Spirit speaking to us, and and really the enemy is wanting to sear that conscience. So even if you're a non-believer, he doesn't yeah. want you to be able to hear that at all. Oh yeah. Um, but yes, it it feels like it's coming from your brain. I didn't want to say that. Yeah. But I never used the word battle axe, mm-hmm. but I just assume that's bad, right? I'm going to yeah. say this, and she's going to be mad at me and hate me. It mm-hmm. was all about me. Mm-hmm. It, it's always about me. I mm-hmm. make this all about me rather than being a servant hmm. and a son of my king. I was going to determine whether I gave it to her. And, and I think a lot of times when God gives us words, prophetic words and we don't give them he just stops giving them because you're he's not wasting it like mm. like you got to get to a point okay god i've been disobedient and not doing this and and it's and people have suffered mm. you have to understand when wow. your disobedience does make a difference wow. if god gives you a word in that moment mm. there's no plan b you know moses could have said no wow and the israelites would have suffered wow their kids would have suffered Hmm. Noah could have said, no, I'm not building an ark, and the human race would have been wiped out. They could have said no, but they didn't say no. Mm -hmm. And and the evil we've seen in the world, and there's a lot of pain we've seen in the world because people have said no, we just don't know it. Well, I'm going to use myself as an example that literally just happened two days ago on Monday. So I'm sitting in Panera, right? And it actually happened again last night where for whatever reason, like I was like, I saw this in it and it, and here's another thing for those that are listening. So this is going to be a pastor moment, right? So if you're thinking this and you're like, well, maybe I'm mixing that with empathy or maybe I'm mixing that with conscience. I saw this, this, this guy and I, now I know that I should have prayed for him, but like I had empathy cause I saw him wobbling. He literally took like 10 minutes to get to his chair, this older guy and only could basically hobble all the way to his seat. And I, I, I didn't have the word for healing. I didn't have, I just had like, like my heart, like, like felt for him for whatever reason. It was like heavy for him. And I don't know why, like it, so I'm like, was that empathy? I'm naturally an empathetic person. Um, and so, and then God was telling me, he's like, what if you prayed? <laughs> Would that be wrong? And uh, so, and then there was another time where our wait, where our waitress last time, I noticed that you could tell that there was something off with her. Uh, I didn't know what it was. The person I was with didn't really, I don't think he, he caught up on that, but I noticed, I'm like, I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Uh, but I didn't. So I'm a pastor and I didn't. There's things that have happened to me. So pastor, what would you say if you had that, what I'm just <laughs> describing, this is a t- teach me so they can be, so the people well, listening I, in can yeah, be taught. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people think it's a pastor's thing. Yeah. Like the prophetic is somebody who's a pastor or mm-hmm. a leader in the church. I am not one. Yeah. So one, they don't expect it to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're watching and you're hearing the prophetic, and maybe you've had someone prophetically spoke, speak over you and it did not come true. It was not accurate. It was not encouraging. It was demeaning. Mm-hmm. You were hurt by it. So now you've just thrown it out. There is no way on God's green earth you would ever do that for any, because you just don't want to hurt somebody like somebody did mm. to you. So the enemy succeeded in shutting you down in the operation of that. And, and I would say, you know what? You need to stop allowing that experience to offend you. Mm. And you have to honor the truth of the word because God wants you to operate in the prophetic. I've had terrible prophetic words spoken over, like horrible when we first got married, and I'll just be honest, in, we were married maybe uh, four months, six months, and a guy got up 
we're all, he's, anybody wants prayer, come on up, uh, and uh, I'm going to just prophetically speak over you. And I've been in times where this has been powerful, right? And he came to me, and he began to, he spoke prophetically over my life, and then he looked at my wife and said, and basically said in front of everyone, you need to give your husband sex wow. and be obedient. And my wife was humiliated. Wow. I was furious at hmm. that moment. Two years later, another guy. So the prophetic, even though I'm a Pentecostal kind of guy, I yeah. believe in it, I was pretty upset about mm -hmm. all of that and the abuse of it. Um, didn't operate it in it at all because I was upset with the word mm -hmm. that we had gotten. So it shut me down mm. in the prophetic because I had an offense to an experience. Yeah. Two years later, another guy, evangelist that I've had preach even at Bethel's Rock, he gave a word. He didn't know me at the time. That, that I was going to be a very successful businessman, that I was going to make tons of money, and that I was going to... I'm a pastor. I've been called to be a pastor. I know my calling's not... It was just... I, I, I looked behind me to think maybe he's talking about the guy behind me. Mm -hmm. um, it was wrong. It was like the enemy was after my faith and the gift of prophetic from mm. the beginning. He was trying to use bad experiences mm. to shut me down so Make that I wouldn't operate in it. Mm. That I because you can't operate into something that you're offended by. Wow. If you don't honor the power of the prophetic because it's been you've been hurt or impacted by it and you can't operate in it. Mm. And so the enemy will put up all kinds of pictures of people operating in it in a destructive way. And to keep you from speaking the word, and maybe you're listening and you've had it, you got to recognize you've been offended by that word and it shut you down. And mm. because you never get a word, you just don't think it is for today, you tend to lean. And the reality is the church, the body of Christ needs to become more prophetic. We need mm. to operate in the prophetic. We need to recognize when the Holy Spirit's talking to us. It's very simple. It's not... Thus saith the Lord. It's often I got a word for you. Um, a, a, you know, I was listening to one preacher said he got a word for a guy, and it was your um, in and out is what the Lord in and out. And he wasn't talking about in and out burger. In fact, <laughs> in and out burger needs a prophetic word about how to fix their burgers. Uh, and if you like it, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I just can't stand it. But um, th it was in and out, hmm. and and the man knew exactly what was in, meant. Because when the Lord speaks, there is understanding. Yeah. And there was no description needed, no, no um, deciphering needed for him, no explaining what you meant. Just say the word and move on. Mm -hmm. And let the Lord do what he does in that moment. That's what the prophetic is. It's not You don't need a PhD to do it. You don't need to be a pastor to do it. In fact, God will use more non-pastors in the prophetic than he will use pastors. Hmm. Um, I think pastors often get in the way of the prophetic because they turn the prophetic word into a sermon in the person, and they don't need a sermon, yeah. and we can mess it up. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when the Lord comes on you and speaks, and, and you'll know it, you'll know it, mm -hmm. you'll know it's a word from God, like, because you'll start, you'll be all of a sudden going this debate about why you don't want to do it. Yeah. Well, he's leaving. Well, you know, there's a lot of people around. Well, you know, I'm busy. Well, I'm with the family. Yeah. Well, you know, um, that would take... I had, I had a guy, a new believer, gave his life to Christ, a guy with a ton of money. He owned a road paving company, ton of money, had all kinds of motorcycles. He gets saved. He's on the road. He's on working. I mean, he's got $7 billion deals with the state of Michigan, right? Mm. This This dude is working every day except for Sunday gets a word only eight months after being calls me up says there's this word that keeps coming back to me over and over again and I have this strong feeling I need to go to Sturgis South Dakota on my motorcycle to deliver it and I said well get on your motorcycle and go he got on his mo left 
He mm-hmm. left the job, gave it up to his sister, I'll be back. And they're like, where are you going? Like, we got deadlines. Wow. He says, I'll be back. He got on his motorcycle, rode his motorcycle to Sturgis, went up into the city, felt like he needed to go into this bar. He goes into this bar, sees a guy sitting there, and he says, uh, I got a word for you. And, and in the word, the Lord had showed him, a man, like he had given him like leather jacket, cut off arms, like details, he gets there, he, he sees this guy with cut off things, gray hair, d- just the details. He goes up and he says, uh, what's your name? And the guy told him the name. He says, I've, I rode my motorcycle, left yesterday at this time to drive all the way here to tell you this word. Tells him a word, which was like 10 words. The guy starts weeping. He walks out the door, gets on his motorcycle and drives home. He had no idea what the word was for. He just went and delivered the word and then went back to work because he realized some guy needed it. And my first responsibility is to the kingdom of God, not to my business, even though it's the state of Michigan. Wow. (laughs) That those are the guys God says, okay, I'm going to use you. God continued to bless him and God continued to give the guy words. He would just walk up to people and give them a word. I mean, he was a guy, this is a guy that was saved at the time when he gave me the word eight months. And he comes Mm. up to me and he says, the Lord, there's this word I got to give you. And he gives me the word. And it was like three words. And it was just like, whoof, when he gave it, I felt this incredible courage and strength come into me. Like, yes, okay, Lord, this was you. You're doing this when it didn't feel like he was doing it. Mm. So imagine what that would be like in your life. If someone showed up from Nebraska because the Lord had been speaking to you and you've just, I don't know. I don't know if this is what the Lord wants me to do. I don't know if I'm supposed And someone shows up from Nebraska and says, the Lord says you need to do this. Have a good day. I'm out of here. We, could you doubt it? I mean, could yeah. you? Ch- I mean, it's like God went way out of his way to take one of his kids to come over to one of their other kids, a brother and sister, and say, you. here's a word for you. It would change the church. It would change everything if we, if we realized um, how important prophecy is today. And so You to don't th- know how hungry you are for the, the God's word until you've experienced it. Like, I need it. Like, I need your word. Like, I just think that we've gotten away with systems and, um, you know, trying to reproduce and manufacture emotion because... We, we don't know how we we're trying to obtain something that only can be obtained uh, not without a system, but through his word at his word. You know, the world, the, the foundations of this world were aligned and gave us breath in our body like it's it's what we long for. And I think that, man, if that were what we pursued, James for a draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. It's very simple. He doesn't make it complicated. Yeah, if his word holds all things together. Yeah then it's what's missing if your marriage is falling apart. If, if your finances are falling apart, it's his word he, you're missing. Wow. If it's falling apart in your life, it's mm. the words you need. You know, um, the Bible, I think, is incredible. We need a relationship with the Bible mm. as God's word. It's logos. It's his word written. And I always tell people, and I've gotten people pushed back that don't believe you need to do this. I don't care because I disagree 100%. And... I just say they're wrong. (laughs) You should speak God's word. Mm. When you're reading, you should read it out loud. I firmly believe faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And that's what happens in a prophetic word. If God thought for a moment that we would throw out all other avenues Mm. to hearing his word, and we would only accept the Bible as God's word, I don't think he would have given us the Bible. Hmm. The early church didn't have a Bible. I'm gone lazy. We, we think it's only the Bible that's God's word, when in reality, God will speak to us through God's word, and it will never contradict. When God speaks to us, it will never contradict the Bible, ever. But God wants to speak to us far beyond the Bible. He wants to have very intimate conversations Mm -hmm. with us. He wants to have life-changing, life-altering conversations, and he doesn't need to say a lot to change that. Um, 
and and um, it's incredible what happens when you hear from the Lord because transformation always follows, yeah. health always follows, healing always follows. I'll, I'll tell a story of I went up to someone and um, I can't tell all the details of it because it, it they're friends and not not that people aren't friends that I tell details of, but <laughs> but in this situation. Um, those listening would know some of these people. I went up to the spouse and I said, I, I just very, I'd never met her. I knew her husband well, um, but I didn't know her. And she was standing in the way of something God was telling them both to do. And I had no intention to say anything, but when I walked by her, I never met her. I, I felt this strong word come over me. And I was like, no. And the, it came over me just so strong. And, and I have learned when it comes to just respond because I know when it's God. So I went up and I said, can I talk to you? My name is James Bifford and you've never met me, but I'm a pastor at Bethel's Rock and I have a word for you. And it was brash. Mm. It was, I didn't even know her. I wasn't angry at her, but it was just pretty blunt. And, and I'm the person that says, when you give a word, you need, it needs to be encouraging. It needs to put courage into. And it came out very brash. Mm. To the point when I left, I told my wife, I hate it when, when a word comes and it comes out brash. Mm. I just hate it because that person's going to look at me and think I'm rude and mean and just horrible. Well, Three months later, that woman comes up to my wife and says, and my wife knew she's coming to blast me. Mm. And sure enough, she came up and said, when your husband gave me that word, I was, who does he think he is? And what was he come up to? He didn't even know me. And he comes up and says that. And then I realized the thing in me that was looking at him and attacking him was the thing that was preventing me from hearing the word. Hmm. And if he had never given me that word, I would have never been confronted with my attitude. And because of that, we're going to do what God's told us to do. Wow. I didn't want to tell her that. Hmm. But God knew I would tell her that. Hmm. And he gave me the word to do that. Now, that wasn't for me. I didn't get any benefit out of it. But it was a gift God had for her. And if I'm doing this for him and he got benefit out of it, if I decrease and he increases, my joy is complete. Why? Because she connected to him, not to yeah. me. I had nothing to do with that. I Listen, I had the word, but I didn't have anything to do with it. Hmm. Everything I get is from him. But I, I'm not responsible for what happened, uh, in that, what happened in that whole experience. God gave the gift. I just gave the gift. And hmm. if you realize... I, this, we put ourselves at the center of everything. Hmm. Get yourself out of the center. If God gives you a word, give the word. Well, what if it's not a God word? What if it's not? Then it's not. Say you're sorry. Hmm. But there are more often than not, the reason, why do you not want to give it? Well, because that's the enemy trying yeah. to prevent you to do it. Now, if, you, if you're mad at them and you want to attack them, like because they did something to you, <laughs> And you see him, I got a word for you. And you walk up there with no hesitation. That ain't God. That's no, you wanting to wanting attack to them. And you want to use it as a sword, as the enemy to go at them. And it's because you, but if you don't even know the person and you get a word for them, that's God. Mm -hmm. Go up, give the word to them, and then walk away. You don't need to hang around. You don't need to get the accolades because yeah. you brought a gift because it's not yours anyway. You didn't buy yeah. it. You didn't give it to them. You didn't know. You just give them the gift. And that is the prophetic. Yeah. And we're not talking about all the other gifts. There's some variations in that. And we could talk about wisdom and knowledge and be different. But the prophetic gift should be a weekly, if not daily, activity of every believer that walks in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is upon you, I promise you every single day there will be people that you interact with or come across that if you're faithful in giving a word, if you're faithful in doing it, God will start to then hmm. use you and that uh, to, to start giving a word because he's looking for faithful people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a lot uh, to unpack, and I really pray that this would really... Um, help people that are listening. My heart has been 
like even more so it's like man like i want people to be a part of this like there is a lost world out there and if we're called to be the salt of the earth this quick that this earth is quickly decaying because i don't think christians are behaving not behaving acting the way they should meaning engaging in the ministry with god participating and reconciling the world the, the harvest is plenty Right. There, there's a lot. There's well, the, they're ready, but the workers are few. And you and I talk about this all the time. You consistently are telling me stories mm-hmm. uh, about people that you're talking to that God gives you. I mean, God's using you in the prophetic all the time, and you're seeing that happen. And what, what do you see as an outflow after you do that in those people's lives? Mm-hmm. They can't question God's existence. Yeah. I mean, you're not a magician. Yeah. You're not, you're not the NSA. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going True. on there. You're not looking at their phones and getting the information of where they're at and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you're constantly telling me, and the reason you're seeing that in your life and ministry is because when God calls you to service, you say yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to share one story before you close it yeah. up yeah. of the importance of saying yes. Mm-hmm. And I think it even goes back to water baptism. Mm -hmm. You know, if you started this walk with Christ out with obedience and said, because God said, I didn't have to understand, I didn't have to know, I didn't have to explain it to me. I just did it because he said you did it. And so that's why I did it. Then you started this journey out as I'm going to do it obedient. I'm going to be a, right? Uh, Reinhard Bonnke. I got to spend, my wife and I got to spend a day with him in in, uh, Florida uh, a number of years ago, about five, six years ago. And, and, uh, he sat right as about as far as way you are right now for me. And he, this guy's a legend. Nobody spoke or preached or led more people to Christ than Reinhard Bonnke. A mm-hmm. hundred million people he led to Christ in Africa. Wow. And, and, and that was in 10 years. <laughs> that wasn't even the whole ministry. That's he crazy. would speak to people, 7 million people at one time. He had speakers that would go a mile. Wow. Well, when the Lord, he tells the story about he was in prayer and something had happened. They had sent out uh, tracks to uh, two million Germans. I think it was two million Germans. And something happened with the taxes in Germany. Didn't didn't say, said that that wasn't a tax-free thing. So they had to pay. T- it came to two million dollars. Wow. That they owed. He didn't have that. In there. They didn't have two million dollars to pay the taxes on it. He's like, I don't know. And he's praying and he's asking God. And God says, Reinhardt, will you lead 100 million people to Christ in 10 years? And Reinhardt's like, but God, I got to deal with this $2 million debt. And we would think, oh, yes, God, I do it. The only reason you say yes, God, because you, you have no intention of doing anything to make it happen. You think God's just going to do all the work and you're, mm-hmm. you're just going to. You know, he's just going to give you these big crowds. Mm-hmm. Reinhardt, on the other hand, knew he was going to have to work very hard to make that happen. Like he was yeah. participating with the what, what he was saying. And he says, Lord, I just don't know that I can. Can't you ask anyone else? And, and this is what the Lord told him. I've already asked two others, and they told me no. That's and crazy. Reinhardt made this statement. He goes, Lord, weeping. He goes, Lord. I will never tell you no. Huh. I can't tell you no. And I thought, wow, how many times have I told the Lord no hmm. on a prophetic word? Hmm. The person's right there. All I got to do is say the words the Lord put in my mouth. And I've told them no. If I can't tell them yes in that, how can God ever call me into participating what he's calling me to if I can't say yes in that simple act? And then it really gets you to realize how we really don't obey the king of kings. Mm-hmm. We really are more in charge of our decision-making than we realize. And, and if we're going to have the health and the power and everything, is in, we have to first deal with the demon of disobedience and rebellion and accept the fact that I become a slave, a bondservant, as Paul said. I'm a son, but I'm a bondservant to this thing. Like I am committed to the mission 
just mm-hmm. as Christ was a bondservant to his father, mm-hmm. I'm a bondservant to this mission mm-hmm. that this family is yeah. in. The family of God is in this business. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. And we have the Holy Spirit to empower and participate with us to do that. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you, don't be a no person. Yeah. Don't be a person. So say, yes, Lord, I will. Mm-hmm. It's going to start small. And it's going to increase from there. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, I pray that you would, you know, my prayer would be uh, that you would go out and do this. Just practice it. Go, just walk out. One time God told me to go tell someone about Jesus at 730 a.m. And I went to Walmart because I needed to get a TV mount. And I'm like, I, I don't know who I'm going to tell. And I ended up telling the dude that was helping me get my TV mount and visibly was uncomfortable and trying to exit the, all his body language was trying to leave his, leave me. And I recognized it. I'm okay. 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 I won't tell you about Jesus. Like I get it, but can you help me with this TV mount? So maybe it's that you just got to go to Walmart and you just got to tell someone, uh, but start practicing practicing it you stop waiting for a sign in the sky and just be obedient uh, and put yourself in those situations like like Samuel here I am Lord your servant is listening Uh, I pray that you would be typing in comments like hey this is what happened God did this uh, for this person or this is how God spoke to me like that would be amazing like what would happen if every one of you listening to this went out and participated with God in his ministry to reconcile the world. We love you guys. Uh, We pray this blessed you, and we'll see you next week.